Mitsubishi. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, June 7th, week two of the PLL season coming up here at Red Bull Arena, uh, New York City-ish kind of. So, uh, you know, last week, an incredible week for the sport of lacrosse, not just the PLL, but, uh, you know, a ton of buzz heading into the PLL season. And now we keep it going right again, week two at Red Bull. So, Jake, how you doing this week? I'm good, man. I, I actually uh, went and bought my PLL tickets for when they come to Atlanta, so I'm I'm prepared to see the boys in Atlanta. Where uh, you, you got a you got a spot yet? You pick out? Oh yeah, no, no. I, I picked out my my seat and and everything. I'm like row seven, like right in the middle, like right behind the like right behind the tables, so I can just fucking scream whenever I want, you know, like let the boys play, shit like that. It's gonna be sweet. That's a really good spot, especially with like so many mic'd up players and them doing so many interviews during the game. That's a great spot for you to like scream and like get onto the broadcast. Oh, definitely. You're, you're going to, I mean, I'm going to be, I'll put it out there, but like anybody who can find me just screaming some dumb shit will absolutely just, we're, we'll get it going. Yeah. Uh, real quick. What, when, uh, when is that Atlanta week? The last weekend, 28th and 29th of june of june all right so i so you got about three weeks here to to come up with your with your wardrobe attire for that because i mean again that's a good spot to potentially end up on on tv that's true i I gotta be i ah man we do something like uh i don't know i'll have to think of something i like something to print it on a t-shirt or like you know paul rabel's face like you know I, I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll figure it out. Something yeah. obnoxious. Hey, you Not know creepy though. Hey, maybe, maybe we can get the, the listeners involved here. If you guys have any good ideas of, of what Jake should look like. And, uh, the end of June when the PLL goes to <laughs> Hotlanta, do people in Atlanta call it Hotlanta? I feel like that's a thing where it's like, like people in California don't call it Cali people in like Boston. Yes. Don't call it Beantown. Nobody, nobody in Atlanta calls it Hotlanta. It's literally everybody <laughs> outside of Atlanta. <laughs> uh yeah well spoken like a like a true local uh but yeah so week two coming up here newark uh you know not not a ton of news since the last time we uh we were on the microphone so you know earlier in the week we had will manny not marcus holman on for our week one recap show uh you know so since then not not a lot going on in the world of lacrosse. I feel like uh, you know it's been kind of a, a slower week than we're used to, just because I feel like the lacrosse world has been buzzing for for a while now between the NCAA tournament leading up to Week One of the PLL season. So things are starting to uh, settle in a little bit. We do have a great interview coming up later in this show with Joey Sankey from the Redwoods, so you can catch that in a little bit. But in terms of news, uh, you know, not not much to go over this week uh the PLL they did announce some of the uh some of the numbers that they put up for week one so you know I I feel like a lot of people out there were waiting for these numbers to come out they were like a little bit concerned that the number didn't come out like right away but uh so they did announce their attendance so you know over the weekend uh what's what's the final number here 13,681 people at Gillette for week one um, you know, that's, that's pretty good. I, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I feel like there are some people out there that are just 
you know, they're lacrosse, like they're lacrosse fans, right? They're not like people who hate the sport. They're lacrosse fans. But for some reason, there are some lacrosse fans that are like, they're always like worried about the sport growing. Like they always feel like they have to like bitch about something. Like nothing can ever be good enough for them. Um, you know, so I feel like there were people out there like waiting for the PLL to be like a huge failure. So they could be the fucking asshole. That's like, Oh, I told you. So I told you it wasn't going to work. Um, you know, over 13,000 for week one in Foxborough, which, you know, we've gone through, uh, to, to an extent so far that that town sucks. So that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, and then they also said that they, uh, you know, over, over 20 million impressions on social media and shit like that. And we've, again, we've talked about that a lot too, um, that, you know, the social media team for the PLL has been killing it. So, you know, we talked earlier in the week about how, you know, it was, a successful weekend for the PLL in terms of like, like the games themselves and uh, you know, the broadcast and the social media aspect. But now, you know, it seems like the attendance, I mean, it's, it's nothing that's like, like I wouldn't go around flexing that it was like 13,000, but it's also like, yeah, it's a pretty solid number. Yeah. You know, going back to the thing where um, we were talking about um, the, the, the guy, you know, the, the people on, and I see it all, all the time on Twitter. Like, you know, they're in somebody's mentions talking about, Oh, the PLL, you know, worried about its sustainability and all, you know, traveling model and all this shit. But they're the same people who are like the please like my sport guys. They're like, well, they're also the same ones who are in, you know, ESPN or replying to a sports center tweet. And it was like, these guys would never last a week playing lacrosse. You know, yeah. it's the same exact guys. So it's very confusing. It's like, what do you, what do you got? What do you guys stand for? What are your principles? Because obviously it's nothing. Um, you know, th- 13,000, that, I think that's great. I didn't even know 13,000 people lived in Foxborough. So, I mean, it, it, you know, so they, they probably had more people there than, you know, were in Fox, you know, are in Foxborough at any given time. So that's nice. I'll tell you, um, no matter what, they definitely, uh, boosted the, the local economy and industry of Foxborough. So huge plus. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, a hu- it's a huge plus. Um, I, I mean, per- like to me, like. When it comes to sport, you know, yes, there's nothing like going to a game, right? There's nothing like going to a game that's your favorite sport too. But also, there's nothing like enjoying the convenience of being able to watch your favorite game from home too. So, I mean, yeah, like we, you know, it's great. And this is like blasphemy for people with, with college when it comes to college football down here. Like they will, people will literally have heat stroke going to these games and fucking like they will die watching their favorite team like in the stands. Like that would be their favorite death. SEC, but, it just means yeah, more. Yeah, it just it just absolutely just means more. I am so much more comfortable watching the game at home. Like I would I'll go for like a quarter or two and then be like, listen, it's fucking hot. Y'all are insane. Let's go home. So like I feel like there's some sort of, you know, the you know, the PLL has done a great job of, you know, offering people this opportunity to be able to watch the games at home for for less than a dollar. So um shout out to them for that uh moving forward hey, you know way way less than a dollar this week because for week two of the pll's i'm pretty sure it'll be this entire weekend uh nbc sports gold is uh so they're offering just a, a free trial for this weekend so like you literally have zero excuses to not watch these games this weekend unless you're like an actual idiot person yeah i saw i saw in uh the pll's Instagram comments through these two guys talking shit and Marcus Holman was like, dude, what's your Venmo? I will Venmo you so you can watch these games <laughs> because they were like, oh, why does it have to cost this much? Or like, what is it? And then they were obviously like kids. You know, I, I, don't, I don't imagine they were more than 16, 17 years old. Marcus Holman's like, dude, 
it's worth every penny. I'll, mar I'll Venmo you some some money. Like so, you know, these guys are committed to the to the game. You you can into the league. You can see that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, solid numbers and nothing to be like, like, again, the, the people that for some reason, and again, they're lacrosse fans. Like they're not just like the blind lacrosse haters who are like, who don't even give a shit about the sport. Like they're the people that like really enjoy the sport, but for some reason they just feel like they constantly have to be like, oh, this will never work out. Um, so, you know, those are numbers that I, I feel like they can work with and then, just keep growing from there. Uh, other news in the lacrosse world, uh, not, not, not exactly news, but I, again, it's just a, you know, getting out there, growing the sport, getting the awareness for the league. Uh, Rabel on Jimmy Fallon. I don't know how I feel about Jimmy Fallon. I feel like, I feel like there are some times where like, he's like actually pretty funny. Um, you know, like, like a lot of the times it's just like, dude, like this is just like, how, how do you live with yourself doing some of these things? Like, this is so fucking like, but then there are other times where it's like, you, you get like, it's like, Oh, like I understand like why Jimmy Fallon is Jimmy Fallon. So I'm always like, so up in the air on how I am. So I'll be, I'll be interested to see how that one goes. I, I never have watched Jimmy Fallon li like live. I'll, I'll check him out on like, like YouTube clips will like pop up on, on social media. It'll be like some like wacky zany thing. Um, but, but yeah, so I mean, Rabel on Jimmy Fallon, I, I mean, that's it's probably the first time a lacrosse player has been on a, you know, a late night show. So I, I don't know if like late night shows mean anything anymore. Like it's not like the, who the fuck was the guy like the Jimmy Carson era where like, it's like, oh, if you're on Carson, like you made it. Um, but I don't know, Jimmy Fallon, I, he's probably a huge lax guy too. He seems like he'd be like a perfect lax guy, like likes the party little, little bit of definitely a bit of cocaine um so uh, jimmy found definitely hollywood time, yeah hollywood definitely big time lax rat uh you know jimmy fallon so you know the internet used to make fun of jimmy fallon for being the guy who literally would look into the camera and laugh at his own jokes you know and now he's got a tonight you know the whole night show um you know i love you know one segment that i you know i, I don't watch jimmy fallon. i'm not i'm not up late enough for late night because i'm boring as hell you know i'm you know i feel like i'm 100 years old um, but the one segment I do like is when he has people come in and read mean tweets, you know, like oh, that's a good one. Found, that that's fucking hilarious. You know, that's, that's a great segment. Um, but I mean, I, I guess it's big time. I guess there's going to be a lot of late night people who will get to see Paul Rabel talk about the PLL. <laughs> like, well, like, here's the thing. Like, I feel like the only people that like watch, uh, the late night shows would be like, like baseball fans, you know, because I feel like old people. We'll still watch the late night shows just because, again, like that's just like what they did when they were growing up. Um, so, you know, if you know, then you start getting the baseball fans converted and they're like, oh, shit, like I don't have to watch this boring ass sport anymore. Like there's this there's this new league that's on NBC Sports that's, you know, fast as could be entertaining. And like I don't have to just like sit around here anymore and, and listen to fucking announcers just like bitch and cry about, you know, players bat flipping and wearing jewelry during the games. Like, yeah, let me. Let me see what this lacrosse is all about. So it's, it's definitely growing the game. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I would like, I would like to know how tuned into the lacrosse world Jimmy Fallon is because I feel like there's probably he's definitely played at some point in his life. He has to. 
I'm sure. I'm sure there's he's got some sort of lacrosse. It's like a six six degrees of separation type deal. Like everybody knows somebody or has played lacrosse. So the six separate six degrees of separation of the game is is definitely going to be in play. I can feel it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's I mean, that's this past week and lacrosse again, not not a super exciting week. So it'll pick up again Saturday at Red Bull uh, Stadium. But, uh, you know, in, in the meantime, you know, we just uh, let, let's get into some segments, though, because it's been a while since we've had some segments on this show. Um, you know, so we figure, you know, we'll break, break things up a bit here. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe start getting the listeners involved here with some some nominations for some of these awards. So, uh, you know, first up on, on the docket, let's talk about our greaser of the week. All right. And when I'm talking about greasers, like everybody knows, you know, you got a ball bucket. And toward the top, you know, you've got your fresh white pearls. Like those are the balls where it's like, like, yeah, like I'm about to, you know, you're going out there, you're getting some extra work, you're getting your reps in. Like those are the balls where it's like, yeah, I'm going to stick these. Then as you start getting a little bit deeper into that bucket, you start getting into those grimy, greasy balls. And, and you know that those are the ball, like the, the pearly whites that's those are for you like that's where you're going to stick some corners and you're going to have co- some control of the ball but the greasers those are the ones that are putting in the hard work that are making sure that you're dialing yourself in because you don't always have control of them but they work hard they get the job done and and uh, you know they play a little dirty too so uh you know where our greaser of the week is going to be someone from each week who uh, you know, like exemplifies and it embodies everything that, uh, you know, we take for granted about greasers. So, you know, I'll, I'll start off with the inaugural greaser of the week. My guy's going to be Pat Harbison uh, because, you know, what we saw him do against the Atlas last week was, I mean, this guy was, was all over the place. This was, he was just playing a hard dick brand of lacrosse. You know, we saw it uh, pretty early on in the game where he put Trevor Baptiste to, you know, Lord Thickness. The man is, he's tough to knock down. And Pat Harbison just blew him up off of a faceoff, uh, picked up the ball, you know, had, had a nice little substitution play there. He also, you know, was involved in, in a few scraps throughout the game, some pushing and shoving. Uh, you know, he had his, his face mask grabbed by Kieran McArdle. Uh, so, you know, Pat Harbison, I, I thought he was everywhere last week against the Atlas and, you know, just playing that, that greasy style of lacrosse that, you know, it's, it's not going to end up when, you know, when the PLL social media team, when they're doing all their highlights and shit like that, like they're not going to pick out all the Pat Harbison plays. Uh, you know, they're, they're not going to be the ones that get a ton of love on social, but they're the ones that, that put a team over the edge. So that is my greaser of the week. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. My greaser of the week, uh, he's a guy who's not terribly commanding in stature, but what he lacks in stature, he absolutely makes up with just fucking greasy play. It would be Sergio Salcido. Um, I mean, listen to this man's Twitter bio. The first, the first four words of his Twitter bio, touchdown in 94. Just insinuating that you're from another planet. I mean, that's, that's fucking greasy as hell. You know, he was out there. I think he, I think he ended up with four four points on the yeah, week he had that one nasty goal nice little like hockey stop yeah. turn around sling it low to high but when you see any sort of scrap going on in the field that man is the first one to show up you know he shows up for his teammates he was that way at syracuse uh absolutely that way at syracuse you know and you got to be like when you're not you know 
Miles Jones size, you got to be out there just absolutely putting in the work, extra reps on the field. You got to be the first one in, you know, sticking up for your boys. Like he earned that one for me. Absolutely. Because my, my opinion means everything as we know. (laughs) Yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like the little guys out there, they're always, they're always like just one, they're, they're ready to be jackrabbits at any time. Um, you know, so if, if things start to get, you know, a little chippy out there, they're going to be the ones that, you know, maybe as the camera starts to pan away a little bit, they're going to give you a nice little shot might be below the belt, but you know, that's just part of the game sometimes, but they're always going to make sure that they get that one shot in and then, you know, they, they did their job. So like you said, they don't have to be the miles Jones who runs you over like in the middle of a game while they're dodging. Um, but they play that greasy style of game where it's like you get done playing against a guy like Sergio Salcido and you're like that motherfucker, man. Like I cannot, I can't take that kid. And like, that's, that's what every team needs. Every team needs a guy like that. And fortunately they're on our favorite team, the Redwoods. Yeah. So yeah, this is I mean, uh, just a win for us. Pretty sure that this has just become the number one Redwoods podcast in America. Uh, Confirmed. Yeah. Moving on. Maybe a segment that some of you guys remember from season one of the crease die, but we got our man up man down of the week. Uh, if you are newer to the show, this is pretty much just, uh, you know, something, you know, let's say a, a stock that we're either buying or selling in the PLL from every week. So, uh, you know, my man up of the week, you know, I'll, I'll start this off. Cause we were kind of just talking about it with guys like Pat Harbison and Sergio Salcido. My man up of the week is the refs. Just letting the boys play. Um, you know, I, th- I think that we saw a lot of it this this past weekend, especially in that Sunday game where, you know, things are getting pretty chippy. Um, and and the refs, they're just, they're, they're holding on to the flags, you know, or, you know, we saw that hit from uh, Connor Farrell in the first game of, of the season. And that's a game, that's a hit where, and a lot of times in the sport of lacrosse, I feel like as soon as refs just hear that contact, they throw the flag, but the refs this past weekend, they were letting shit fly left and right, which is awesome because like, not only does that set like the standard for the game, like, you know, you, you, that sets the standard for the game when you let some shit fly, um, you know, when, when you're just letting the boys play, but the fact that it was the first weekend in, in league history, like that kind of then sets the standard for the rest of the season for, for the league in general, um, where it's going to be like, Hey, like, we're not going to. We're not going to throw any ticky tack flags around here. Like, you know, you guys are all grown men. If you want to run each other the right the fuck over, then go ahead. Like, we're not going to stop you. If you want to grab a few face masks, we're not going to stop you. You still can't fight in the league. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like up until that point, they're going to just let let the guys be dudes and figure it out on their own. So shout out to the, I don't usually give credit to refs. I spend a lot of my time bitching about refs, but I thought that they did a great job just letting the boys play you know as as uh ryan boyle uh noted saying the giraffes did a great job that weekend um they really did let the boys play and we were i mean there's there's not much more to be said past what you said um so for my man up um i actually got them backwards but uh so for my man up the one i'm buying stock in is the mic'd up i think the mic'd up is is fantastic um, I heard a clip of Tucker Durkin out there just, and it sounded like he was playing inside linebacker. Um, you know, so I think that's great. It's a really humanizing element. Uh, you know, it gives, 
it gives the the younger fans a, a really a really good chance to to hear what they're you know hear some insight into what these players are thinking when they're on the field. So you know these kids can grow up and be like, oh well, Will Manny likes to you know it, it, great examples like Will Manny you know on our on, on you know he went low um, and got stuffed, and then the next one he went high. You know so I mean on uh, John Galloway. Um, so it was great like uh, to be able to kind of have that you know connection to the players um and it was awesome to be able to hear the f word every other you know hear fuck every other every other word because i mean the guys bring a lot of passion to the game and it was clear so that's mine yeah there's something again like like i i don't need like i feel like there are times where like people get the green light to swear and and then they kind of like overuse the word but like when it's just coming from like if, if it's just like an organic natural like like let's fucking go boys or like you know like just just something like that you know where where it's just like natural like you know like no one's trying to like force that word into it but it's just how they are and and how they're talking like that's where you know you you hear that on the field and you're you're right there with them you're like yeah like this isn't some like it's not called up for you know for a broadcast we're not trying to you know sugarcoat anything here this is just this is just the boys playing and you know, you're, you're, you're going to hear a few cuss words. And like we mentioned before in, in previous episodes, no one's going to die because of it. So, um, Hey, how about you? Uh, you, you can, you can get going right away now on your, uh, on your man down. All right. My man down, what I'm losing stock in is good God, the Chrome when they started the season, right? When all the color schemes dropped, I was like, oh, my God. They got the sickest, like, retro Miami Heat color scheme. Like, they can do some sick shit with this. Holy fuck. They all wore pink socks with, like, white and black cleats. It was disgusting looking. It looking like a, like a U11, you know, like a U11 game uh, with, with all the guys running around. Like, it, like, I don't know. Who's the official equipment sponsor? Uh, well, Probably, I, I think, I think the socks are probably, I think they all have to be Adidas socks. If I'm correct, okay. I, I could be wrong there, but you know, it, I, it wouldn't hurt. Maybe they drop some, maybe if they drop some pink cleats to match the socks, now that would be fresh. That would be absolutely fresh. You know, maybe, you know, wear them in all the way through October. I don't know for supporting breast cancer, whatever, but that was disgusting. And I, lo- I lost a lot of stock in, in the crumbs color scheme just off of that. You know, I, I let them know my thoughts on Twitter as, as everyone does, but you know, uh, that's, that was it for me. I'm pretty much out on colored socks in general. Um, Agreed. I just, I don't know. I, I just feel like, like, like the high whites or, you know, and it, they don't need to be mid calves anymore. Like, you know, we can go maybe even just like right above the ankle whites. Um, but I, I don't know. I just feel like whites is, is such like a crispy look and, and like, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that one, with the, with the youth team. I feel like that's a big, like you go out to a youth tournament and so they're all like the, uh, the equipment tents set up at these tournaments, like people slinging equipment. And then there's usually like, uh, like, oh shit, who would do it? Like adrenaline, adrenaline, like would always be out there. They'd have the socks going and you'd get, yes. Like, you'd get like 12 kids on, on a team. They'd all go buy these adrenaline socks and then they'd all go put in, you got kids out there just wearing all these fucking different color socks. And it's like, ah, it's just a a terrible look guy. And then they're probably also throwing like, like they're like layering their, their sticks with like multicolored tape. And, uh, 
Yeah, Conbro Chill is partially responsible for this. Mm -hmm. I, I have to, I, I have to place some blame on him for for some of this. Those, you know, like yeah, it's 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 exactly what it was. It was the adrenaline socks. Like people were wearing, like you know, their team colors were like orange and blue, and they'd be wearing like Rasta adrenaline socks. Yeah. Like, that's exactly <laughs> like what the fuck is that? Yeah. So uh, yeah, guys, just kind of ch- just chill out. You know, just be normal dudes wear some white socks like i i get that pink is in your color but yeah maybe like throw like a like get get adidas to give you some like white socks with like pink stripes you know or you know maybe add like a little bit of pink in the cleats the pink socks first off too like pink sock that's a it, you you can urban dictionary pink sock um yeah, don't don't, if, don't <laughs> if you have a weak stomach but so you probably don't want to be wearing pink socks if yeah so anyway i'm with you on that one i i might i'm gonna double that that's a that's a double whammy on the chrome socks but i'm also gonna go my man down of the week um listen i'll tell you what it was a really terrible weekend if you were a pair of shoulder pads all right because shoulder pads are done they're out they're finished Shoulder, there's no way that shoulder pads can recover from the weekend that they just had uh, in week one of the PLL season because I'm actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it right now, I didn't get that good of a look. Was I feel like the only person who was wearing shoulder pads, at least at some point, like in training camp in the PLL, was Connor Fields. I didn't get a good look of him at, or I, I didn't really make any, uh, notice of it during the game on Saturday. But other than that, no shoulder pads out there. So I, I think, uh, you know, again, if, if, if you're like, if you're just a pair of shoulder pads lying around in someone's garage right now, you got to know that your time is done. Like no one's coming to pick you up. No one's coming to put you on shoulder pads are, are finished. So sell all of your stock in shoulder pads. Yeah. They're pretty much useless. I mean, what the only, the only people I could see, legitimately wearing them and maybe if Connor Fields was, I don't know if he's ever had a collarbone injury. Um, other than that, like what do they really do? Protect your heart? Come on. I got you I mean, it's it's all up in there behind some organs. Like it would take a lot, you know, to just get hit in the heart. So yeah, you know, it, it it would never happen, right? <laughs> Un- unfortunate <laughs> circumstance. Like it has, but um but yeah I would I would I would just say like shoulder pads it's funny, man. It, it's funny seeing the the uh, the evolution, or I guess it would be like what, the evolution of the shoulder pads throughout a lacrosse player's career. Like you start off like you're you're a beginner, it's your first time playing lacrosse, and you're just like you're just bulked up, like you're playing, like you're getting ready to you know go play a football game, um, you know, and then finally you get to the point in your career where like people are chirping you for you still have like the um that little like bicep extension piece on there and you know you, it, you finally hit the point in your playing career where people are making fun of you for having those on so then you take those off you know and then you get to the point in your career where you know guys are making fun of you for having the uh like the shoulder cap on so then you rip those off and then all you're stuck with there is that liner um you know and, and then you you finally reach that point where everyone's just like dude like what the f- Uh, I don't know snakes like a snake losing its skin is I, I 
you know, maybe like a, like a hermit crab, you know, in, in its shell. I don't know. Hermit crabs suck too. I got to find better analogies. I kind of, I'm bad with analogies. You need to open up a biology book or something and, and figure out, so, figure out a better analogy. No, that, I, that's exactly what happened with everybody's shoulder pads. You, you, it, it is a D I guess, I suppose it is a D evolution, but every one of those is an upgrade. Mm-hmm. So, you know, addition it, by subtraction. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, well, you know, while we're talking about, um, some equipment, Going to go into a new segment here, uh, and this is going to be the Gear Vault. So each week, we are going to throw it back a little bit into the history of lacrosse uh, because throughout the years, there have been plenty of uh, quote-unquote like innovative uh, equipment um, you know, pieces of, you know, uh, lacrosse history, the, the equipment through time has gone through so many different changes and there have been so many new ideas and not all of them have panned out. Um, so, you know, we, we just want to pay our tributes to some of the, you know, pieces of lacrosse equipment that throughout the test of time, they're no longer with us, but, but we wish that they would make a comeback eventually. So, you know, I'll start this one off. I want to talk about the STX G-Force head. Uh, so for those of you who don't remember, the G-Force was the head that it, it had like the, the teeth on the top of the head. And I never really understood what the purpose of that was. Like, I feel like, I feel like at some point, like throughout, you know, while, while all those guys are like having their meetings about like the, the design of the head, like someone had to been like, yeah, like how about we put these teeth like on the top of it, like for a specific purpose. I don't know if there ever actually was, but I do remember that it was a real big issue because defenders would then start to like, they would just like scrape the the teeth of the head, like up against like either like the sidewalk or like a, like a brick wall and sharpen that shit. So then when they would start throwing slap checks, they'd basically be hitting you with like fucking razor blades or some shit. Um, you know, and I think that that, you know, the, the STX G force, especially cause like, I think that they had like little like plastic covers like on top of each tooth, but you would just rip those off, sharpen them up. Um, and I fucking love that because like, that's just, I, I like, I, I always hate defenders because they're, you know, they're as an attackman, like just spend pretty much my entire life with just like black and blue arms from getting slashed. But I do like the, the attitude of someone who's like, just like standing like in their driveway, just like sharpening the, their lacrosse head, like just so that they can inflict pain on a on an attackman. I love that mentality, and I think that we need more of it in lacrosse. I totally agree. Uh, I unfortunately um, was never able to experience that. I don't think I've ever saw. I don't think I've ever seen one in. Per- I've seen one in person, a G Force. I don't think I've ever experienced that. So that's fortunate for me. And I totally, I totally agree that more children should be able to learn how to handle weaponry at a younger age. I think it's important for kids to know how to defend themselves. Um, so mine, uh, and shout out to everybody who, and I know, you know, we talked about it before you, you fondly remember the shaft, but the warrior diamond shaft that absolutely had this like, like powder coated, uh, kite type coating on it. And I, it came in a color. It came in like two colors, I think like blue and black. And it just tore the shit out of your gloves. Like, absolutely just wrecked your gloves. Like, I had a pair of STX G22s, also a very good glove, that just, like, 
and I had a diamond and within like a week I, I, I had holes in my palms. So they discontinued that one really quickly. Um, I would love to see it come back because like, you know, fuck your gloves. Like what, what, the, the grip on the shaft was fantastic. Well, so like the, the diamond coating was like, if, you know, I, I feel like that's like perfect for, um, well, first off, like you should probably be like cutting the palms out of your gloves already. But then like, or if like, if you're just like a, you know, whether you're like a coach not wearing any gloves or you're just like a kid going around, like fucking around, hitting the wall or something like that. Like it was like a great shaft for going, uh, for, for being able to go like just bare hands on because you wouldn't need to load it up with tape. Like nothing's worse than going bare hands on a stick with some tape. Like, or if you get stuck in like the rain, and then you're dealing with some like wet tape, like that shit is gross. And then your hands just look disgusting after that. But the diamond, you didn't need to throw any tape on there because it would have that grip going. Um, so that's like a perfect like, hey, you, you want to just fuck around, toss toss the rock around with you know with some of the boys, have a few cold ones. The Warrior Diamond Shaft is is the shaft that you need for that. I wonder if we can still find some of this stuff on eBay. Oh fuck, you know what I. I just, I just remember, first off, yeah, you definitely can. Uh, one just popped into my head and like, I, I want to save it for another episode, but I want to talk about it so badly right now because I just remembered it. This is, this is quite the, this is quite the dilemma. Okay. You know if you, if you, if you do it, fuck it. Like if you do it, I have another one that I can throw out there so we can just, we can do two. Let's do it. Hey, let's get crazy on the first ever crease dive gear vault. The Brine Guru. Tell oh my me God. you remember the Brine yes. Guru. <laughs> I absolutely do. Oh God, my I God. I had, a, I had a buddy who had one. So the Brine Guru, if I feel so bad if there are people out there that are listening to this episode right now who aren't old enough to, to have been able to experience the Brine Guru, but this was... It wasn't a fiddle stick. Like now it was a smaller stick. It was it, like not regulation size or anything like that, but it wasn't like a fiddle stick that you would buy it like like models or some shit where it's just like plastic. Like it was an actual like miniaturized lacrosse stick that was then designed specifically for ball uh, for for uh, stick tricks. So, you know, you would have like the sidewall was perfect for stalling. It had like little uh, cutouts like at the throat of the head where you could like you could catch the ball like, you know, either on the side of the throat or on top of the throat. It had like these two like tongs on the the backside of the scoop. So like you could like rake the ball and and just like but like like rake it from the the backside of the stick and pick it up that way. Um, oh, the shaft was like perfectly indented. So you could, uh, like roll the ball all the way down. The <laughs> brine guru was maybe one of the most like influential things that I've ever owned, like in my entire life. Like, I feel like a lot of who I am today is because of the hours that I've spent on a, with a brine guru in my hands. Um, so yeah, speaking of things that we need to find on eBay, no I need to get guru. I need to get my hands on because there's there's probably only a few more left out there in the world. I need to get my hands on a Brian Guru. You know, it kind of uh, on the other hand, it it also, you know, 
half of the fun of doing the stick tricks was picking up someone else's stick and seeing if you could do the same the same tricks. So mm-hmm. like you know that was it. That was a good you know that was the Brian Guru is a good starting point. And then like once you once you could do it with a different stick, it's like oh I took the training rules off and I'm 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 fucking nice with it now. Um, I'm cooking. Um, so mine was a different head that was probably and and you knew an attackman. But as a defenseman, you knew an attackman was just a fucking dirty player when he was using this fucking head. It was an STX deuce. And this was back before this whole rule change bullshit. So, like, um, the the bottom of the head, like all STX heads do, uh, all STX style heads do this, it would warp from use. So it would be extremely narrow. And, of course, you could throw and catch with it fine. But when that ball got stuck in the bottom – you could absolutely wail on somebody and it just would never come out. So, I mean, they should bring that one back for sure. You know, fuck the stick rules. Just let somebody play with the deuce. Like, they, there's so many times I've picked up somebody's deuce and just, you know, the, you're shaking the ball. You're trying to shake the ball out of the stick and it just still doesn't come. So, Dude. that one that one was a true classic to me. Yeah. So, that I mean, that was like right around the same time that the that the G-Force came out. But so I so I didn't have the G-Force just because like I wasn't I, I wasn't like a, a potential serial killer. Like I didn't want to go around sharpening the teeth and like just slicing people to death. Um, but I did have a deuce. And and like th- that was a set where like if there was a ball on the ground, like you could just like run up to it and like with the backside of your stick, just like smack the ball and then it would just get stuck in there. Like like yep. you didn't have to, you didn't have to like clamp it or anything like that. Like you would just need to like put the stick like on the ball and it would just like wedge in there. Um, that was it, I I understand like why they needed to make the rule changes with with some of these heads, <laughs> but. I don't know, man. I, I feel like I need to like go back to like my parents' basement and just like find uh you know, see if if I have any of, of those old things just like left in there. Because if I could play men's league lacrosse with an STX deuce, I would unstoppable. Unstoppable. You'd probably have somebody fight you at, at I mean, somebody would recognize it and be like, listen here, drop gloves because we're about to fucking get into I'll it. I'll tell you what, it would probably be someone with an SEX G-Force and then they that's would right. <laughs> slash me. And yeah, that's a, that's a, a unstoppable force versus an immovable object. Oh, fuck. You know what? I, I might just, we just might need to start a, a whole new podcast that like just talks about old gear because I, I, I want to keep going, but the show does have to go on. So maybe we'll just start an entirely new podcast and we'll just shoot the shit about some of the greatest gear of all time. And you know, I'm not even like a huge gearhead. Like I'm, I, I know I str- I've strung a million sticks. Like I, I I've seen a million heads, but like there's some guys out there that have the m- more knowledge about this shit than either of us do. Like, you know, there's really freaky, like, s- like having a whole Instagram account dedicated to stringing, you know, fresh string jobs. Like those guys I, dude, I, I'm sure they've seen some shit. Like, there's there's some gearheads out there that absolutely some string, some stick doctors that have uh, that have seen some serious shit. Yeah, well, that uh, fuck, that's that's my new favorite segment for sure. So, yeah, we'll we'll keep this thing going. But uh, yeah, feel free for anyone else to send in uh, your your thoughts on what needs to go in next on the gear vault. But Moving away from that, let's get right back into some PLL talk, and we will start that off with our interview 
with Joey Sankey, who made his return to the lacrosse playing field last week, got himself a goal and an assist in the big Redwoods win over the Atlas. So let's kick it over to Joey Sankey right now. All right, and with us right now, we have fresh off of a dub with Redwoods LC. We've got Joey Sankey on the line. Joey, this is this is a long time coming, so uh, you know, glad to finally have you on here. Yeah, I've been waiting for a few years now. I'm a little offended how long it took, but I haven't been former teammates with you, but uh, happy to be on. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, uh, a few other guys, we won't name names, guys like Austin Cout, uh, have, uh, you know, they, they were a little bit more, a uh, little bit more butthurt that, that it's taken them a while to get on here. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, like I just said, uh, you know, coming off of a nice win with yeah. the Redwoods. So, you know, how was, uh, you know, how was last weekend for you? It was a new experience for everyone that was playing out there. So, you know, how, how did you feel out there? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, for, from everything, you know, they, I, I honestly feel like I'm playing professional lacrosse for the first time in my life with what the PLL is doing. They're, they're so organized. Uh, they care about the players. They care about content for fans. Um, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, if you, for anyone that was there, they saw the fan fest that happened before all the games. It, it was like a true Final Four atmosphere. So it was a pretty special moment. And then for me, not have, having not played in, in a long time, it was uh, made it even more special. And you know, made me really appreciate the opportunity. Some that, uh, you know, some you you take for granted a little bit, and then you know, once uh, the game gets taken from you, and uh, you know, you start to really appreciate how how valuable and special these experiences are. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll get to all that in just a minute. But real quick, so what did you end up with on Sunday? Uh, did you end up with? Do you have two on the day? One, one and one. Yeah. I uh, my first goal got called back. I uh, had my had my toe in the crease. I knew it too. But uh, mm. yeah, one on one. I I I had a ton of opportunities. I, I think that's where my rust really showed. Was I really feel like I could have finished a lot of more opportunities. So hopefully hopefully that comes back uh, soon sooner rather than later. Yeah. How. Uh, how- one of these days, I'm I'm waiting for a challenge to go wrong. I don't think that any of the challenges were wrong this past weekend. I think we saw like three yeah, of them, and I think 100. Yeah, I think that they were 100. I I think that that first challenge that goes wrong, I think there's a whole lot of shit talking that's going to go on between oh, yeah. the goal scorer and and the coach. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, it's I, I when they. Uh, I scored, and you know, you know, as an attack, when you get so comfortable around the crease, like you know. A lot of times if you're in or out and as soon as I scored, I thought I felt my right crease hit uh, my right foot hit the crease and got like Kavanaugh and other guys came up celebrating with me and I'm in my I was just like, ah, I think I might hit the crease, think I might hit the crease. And then as soon as they threw the challenge flag, I was like, ah, crap. Yeah, and we I think we got to give you a a little bit of uh, some acting lessons because I remember seeing that goal and like when you popped up. Because like you, you've scored some big goals in your career, and like you, you get a like a good fist pump going. Yeah, um, yeah. You know that one right there. You, you, you could tell that you thought that you were almost about to get away with something, so you didn't want to be too excited about it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we, it was, we actually, just gotta- it was actually the opposite. I was I was happy I didn't celebrate because like that was you know a big moment for me to score that first goal, and then literally the day before, I was with my parents. We were watching the Saturday games. Someone scores a goal, they get all jacked up, ex- excited. They have like a nice big celebration, and then it gets called back. And, and I remember my mom being like, "Oh, that sucks. You celebrate, and then you don't end up scoring." So that was actually it was actually almost the opposite. I was like, "And the the jumbotron in 
Gillette is huge, so you can't miss anything. And they show the replay before every face-off. So I was like, ah, I know there's no way this stands. Yeah, kind of, kind of weird that Gillette would be. Uh, you know, they. I, I feel like the the team that plays out of there likes to be pretty secretive about videos. So yeah. uh, you know, the big, the big big jumbotron there kind of doesn't fit their brand. I know it's uh, definitely an interesting dilemma there. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So I feel like at this point, a lot of people know your story. Um, yeah. But so you know, it, it's been it's been a while for you since you've been able to be out on the field. Um, you know, some some knee injuries, and then uh, obviously, uh, how long ago was it at this point? It was like what, like September, October ish, um, when when you got the the yeah. cancer diagnosis. October. October yep. Um, but yeah, so, you know, how about, you know, September, but then I found out I had to actually go through chemo in October. So, okay. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it's, it's been, you know, it's, it's been a, a while now, but like in terms of, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, you got that diagnosed like less than a year ago, um, you know, and I think, you know, now like people, you know, a lot more people are, are seeing your story, hearing your story. Um, it's inspirational as shit, the, the way that you attack that. Um, so, you know, even though I feel like a lot of people have already heard it by now, if you could, you know, just a uh, quick little, quick little run through, because, you know, I think it's a, you know, like you said, it, the sport you felt got taken away from you and, and it's, you fought like a, a real motherfucker to get it back. So it, it was great yeah. to see you out there last weekend. Yeah, I mean, this has been really covered really well, and I don't want it to, you know, overheart because, you know, there's, I keep saying the same thing. There's people going through difficult stuff, you know, that's just not as public, not as obvious. You know, when you go through cancer, you, you have to go through chemo, you know, you lose your hair, it's, it's, it's out in the public, everyone knows about it. But, you know, there's people going through shit every single day, whether it's mental illness, whether, you know, whatever it is, you know, there's people that deal with their shit. And, uh, you know, I honestly, throughout the whole process, you know, you hear the word cancer, you find out you have to go through chemo and it's something you would never expect as a 26 year old. But, uh, you know, as soon as you just, ex you know, I accepted the fact that this was, you know, it's a, if you're going to get cancer, this is a good cancer to get. And so that was kind of my mentality the whole time. I was positive. Uh, my doctors did a good job reassuring me that, you know, this, you know, you will be cured. It's just something that's going to be tough for a little while. And so that was kind of my mentality going through the whole thing is, yeah, this sucks, but, you know, fight through it and you'll be fine. And, um, you know, I honestly, I felt lucky throughout the whole thing. You know, it's um, something that, you know, it could have been a worse cancer, could have been so many worse things. So um, it was, I didn't really feel bad for myself throughout the whole thing. And um, before the whole cancer thing, I had the two knee surgeries. And when I talk about not really knowing if I was ever going to be able to play again, I, I, I'm referring more to the knee surgeries than anything. Because, um, my first surgery didn't go well at all. Second surgery, you know, for a while, I didn't think that went well either. And so as soon as my knee started feeling somewhat better from the knee surgery was right around the same time I got diagnosed with uh, testicular cancer. So it was just a lot of things going wrong at, at the same time. And uh, that was overwhelming. But at the same time, I was going through chemo, trying to trying to fight cancer, but I was also focusing on rehabbing my knee. So it gave me a different um, focus and different energy, rather than just focusing on my illness, which you know can kind of turn into a negative thing if that's all you have, if that's all you're worrying about. Yeah, I mean, I I think the the one thing, and and you kind of talked about that a little bit, like like the attitude you had about it, because 
Like I, I remember, you know, seeing you at, at some wings games this yeah. past season yeah. and, and you, you were just, you were just there buzzing around in the crowd. <laughs> and you know, if, if anyone had seen you there, they, they wouldn't think that a, a single thing was, was wrong. Um, so I, I think that that, uh, you know, the attitude was, was definitely there in, in the right place. And, and yeah, so you, you, yeah. Well, I, uh, I mean, that was big for me. And I mean, you know me, I, I'm, I like to. I like to be social and, and hang out with my buddies and stuff. And, you know, my family and my friends, they did a good job not pitying me. I mean, I think I was 10 minutes into telling some, I was, uh, when I told the first group of people, I was with my UNC buddies in Rhode Island at our buddy, uh, Walker Chafee's house. And, uh, this was before I knew how to get chemo and everything, but I told them about my testicular cancer and how I was going to have to get surgery. And everyone was upset for about 10 minutes. And then finally someone, like Lurie, 10 minutes into it, throws out a joke about, you know, one nut or lefty or something like that. And, you know, from then on, it's, you know, it's awesome. You know, guys that you can just, they don't pity you. They didn't know none of my friends looked at me and felt bad for me. Uh, I mean, obviously they felt bad, but they didn't treat me any differently. Um, so that was important for me. I tried to, I kept coaching throughout everything. Um, I, I still went out with my buddies, obviously not really not drinking, but um, it was important for me not to change my lifestyle. And, that was uh, a big part of being positive and, you know, um, just keeping things as normal as possible. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, I think, think that's a, a solid example for, you know, a lot of people, you know, whether they're going through whatever to kind of follow that game plan. Um, but real quick, I, I want to move on to something a, a little bit more like something that I feel like everybody has been wondering this question. So yeah, I'm finally going to get a chance to, to yeah. ask it right here. Uh, so you've obviously been fortunate enough to play with a lot of great players throughout your career. I mean, yep. look at, look at the Redwoods right now. You're playing with some legends like Kyle Harrison and Joe Walters, uh, you know, guys like Marcus Holman at, at UNC. Yep. But what the people really want to know is where does Barstool Jordy stack up <laughs> among your former teammates? I mean, in terms of, in terms of swagger, I think you're right at the top. When you had your lefty, we played the same position. You had the pad on the right arm and no pad on the left arm. And I remember thinking, man, this kid's got it figured out. And uh, that that's a well, that's well, a yeah. Right this this kid never going to his right. <laughs> exactly. You knew you were only dodging topside lefty, and that's the only thing you had to protect. So uh, you're right up there with the best of them. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we had, a, we had a good squad that PYLA squad. Um, you, you, uh, of course, at the top of the list, number one, we had uh, Brian Daly, Shane Sturges. I mean, we had that was a that was a force to be reckoned with that team. Cal, oh, yeah. yeah, ton of ton of division one talent and and then a a, a podcaster. So, yeah. it was, <laughs> what more could you possibly want out of a you know out of out of a club team? And let's not forget about Carp. Got to give Carp Coach Carpinski the shout out. Joe Carpinski, Brian Doherty, Ryan Kranz. Yeah. I mean that that was you know if if you were playing in the you know the youth tournament circuit in like I guess what would that be like two thousand six and and you came yeah. across a team Philly you were we had we had the stars and stripes and everything look it was awesome yeah. So, you know, if we, that existed now, I think that team would have been sponsored by Barstool Sports. Yeah. I mean, we had the colors for it, we had the personalities for it. So, um, you know, I think I'll tell you what, man, if the, the PLL All Star game, um, you know, and I feel like we might be losing some people here with this interview just because they have no idea what the fuck we're talking true. about. Yeah, but the, true. but the PLL All Star game, like, I feel like we, we need to bring that team 
back. And then, so it'll be like our club team growing up, going up against the PLL all-stars. And I think, I mean, that'll be a tight game. Like that'll be, I agree. that, I agree. that, that would go pretty much the same way that all these games so far have, have gone and, and just you, down the the wire. you can take that spot. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, speaking of, you know, just growing up in the Philly area, playing lacrosse, uh, you know, I, I think something that, uh, you know, we've been noticing over the years here has been just the, the city of Philadelphia taking over the sport of lacrosse. I feel like people are probably getting a little sick of me talking about it right now, but you can't get sick about facts. Um, you know, you, you look at what Philly lacrosse has been able to do over the past few years, like, you know, guys like you, Jordan Wolf, uh, you know, Matt Rambo winning the Tawarton, Grand Ament, and, and uh, you know, who, who else Doc was Aiken. And And Docs, you know. Matt Moore. Yeah, so, you know, you look at all the talent that, that this city has been producing. Um, I just want to know, like, what what are your thoughts on on how Philly lacrosse is just taking over the sport and and really showing everybody the way that the game's supposed to be played? I mean, I, I take a lot of pride in being a Philly lacrosse player, but, you know, you there's all the, the stereotypes of guys from different areas, but I, I do feel like, Philly lacrosse players have a good balance of being tough and also being skilled. Um, you know, you look at guys from the Philly area, they all play with that kind of blue collar mentality. And it's, you know, it goes all the way back to when we were kids watching, you know, the Rocky, the Rocky movies and everything like that. Like that's just, that's the, I, that's an identity that we pride ourselves on. Um, you look at Jordan Wolf and Tucker Dirk and all these guys, you know, hard-nosed guys that play the game the right way. And it's, uh, you know, I, I pride myself on being from Philly. And anytime someone, you know, says the whole Philly tough thing, uh, it never gets old. And it's something that, that I really appreciate. And it's something that, you know, that's kind of my style of play. I'm not the most skilled guy out there. I keep, you know, when I've been talking a lot to people a lot this week, and that's kind of the thing I've been mentioning is if, if I don't play 100%, if I don't play hard, then I'm really not any good. And so – um, I, I take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. And, and I feel like, I feel like the red, I mean, between, especially with, you know, having you and, and Greg on the team, but I feel like if, if there's one team in the, you know, in the PLL right now that really, uh, you know, I, identifies with that, that style of play, I feel like it's gotta be the Redwoods. I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, you look at some of the guys on a roster with, uh, you know, Kavanaugh being, you know, being a chippy guy and, uh, Okay, I mean, it, I, it pains me to say this, but, you know, the, the Notre Dame guys play pretty hard. And uh, our defense, they slide with body. I mean, you saw some of the highlights from this past weekend, but um, in, in training camp, Landis blew someone up. Um, Apple blew up uh, Joel Tinney this past weekend. I mean, our defense slides to body. And uh, our, our coach, um, he you know, he talks about that blue-collar mentality all the time too. So I, hopefully that is the identity that we take on. Um, so, but I definitely think that out of all the six PLL teams, I think you know that's that's what we want to be known for. Yeah. Uh, hey, you you just mentioned Matt Landis real quick. I what uh what ended up being the the final ver- did that shot hit him in the yeah, uh, so, did, did it oh, go yeah. thigh or did it go straight nut shot? No, no, it, it was right to the nuts. Um, that he's he's a tough kid he uh he played the rest of the game and we got back he hop in the showers i asked him how he's doing passing he shows me shows me his nut it's it's the size of a size of a bowling ball and he actually oh, ended up fuck. going to 
he ended up going to the hospital. Um, he almost lost it. So, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's a tough guy and I, you know, it's, you know, a lot of credit to him finishing the game out. I couldn't imagine what type of pain he was in. And luckily, luckily he didn't lose it. Um, but yeah, he, uh, that's a scary moment. I'll tell you what, Trevor Baptiste, buddy, you're overhand overhand. Yeah. Why? I, I, cool. as soon as I saw him crow hop into that one and, and he was going sidearm, I was like, Oh, like Trev, like I, I know that you, you feel good about your offensive game, especially playing box this past yeah. year, but you're, you're not a sidearm guy. I know. Yeah. He, um, he's, he's feeling himself playing box to cross. So he's trying to test the waters. Yeah. Do you ever, uh, did, did you get to hear the story about, so you got another teammate. Uh, he wasn't in the lineup this past weekend, but Nick Asello, he, he's also taken one straight yeah. to the, so. Well, yeah. actually, so in the training camp locker room, it just ironically worked out where um, in the corner by the wall, there was Nick, uh, Nick Osella, Landis and me all in the one corner. And um, Landis also had something uh, previously done. And I, I don't, I don't know if it's public or private, so I'm not going to share it. But the three of us were kind of just looking at each other, like, you know, we had, we had a nice little thing going on there. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, the, the boys there gotta gotta watch watch the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, hey, it's co- coming up this, uh, you know, this next weekend. So, so you guys were, you guys were the NBC, uh, NBC sports game. Yeah. last week and so you're going to be on there again uh you know this week so you know ha- have you been getting you know a, a ton of buzz lately just you know being on national television maybe you know maybe hearing from some people who haven't heard of or haven't heard from in a while like how's you know you guys are pretty much superstars right now especially the redwoods getting back-to-back national tv games yeah no it's awesome uh you know you go i i played i played years in the mol and you know I don't really want to talk poorly on the MOL, but you know, not many people really knew what was going on with uh, the Charlotte Hounds and everything like that. You know, I'd be coaching some of my Team Eleven guys, and it'd be be like mid June, and you know, I have players asking me when my season's starting, and I'm like six games in and everything. And so, um, you know, with the PLL, it's it's incredible the the amount of uh, publicity that they're that they're stirring up and the content that they're they're putting out there is unbelievable you know what they're doing on instagram and you know the social media team is is unbelievable so um it's it's pretty cool to to have my friends texting me to have uh, when i go to practice at team 11 this uh this past monday all the players are saying oh great game they all watched it so um you know we play the game because we love it but to have people watching is, is definitely you know a nice special bonus for us yeah um so you just you mentioned team 11 so i gotta know because i think out of all the guys playing pll right now are you are you the only one that has a a a club team um in in the philly area yeah yeah i think yeah yeah so i mean that that's got to be some some extra incentive to, you know, make sure that you guys get the rep because coming up September 21st, it'll be here before you know it. The PLL championship for the crown, uh, will be played in Philly, uh, at, I believe it's called talent energy stadium right now, uh, where the union play. So, you know, it, it could be a hometown championship game for you. You could get, you know, your whole, uh, team 11 club squad down there. So, yeah, I'm going to talk to Mike Rabel and I better get commission off those tickets if that happens. So that's, you know, something I'm working towards. So, 
Yeah, um, I mean, I, I see you guys at tournaments. Like, you guys bring, like, 20 teams to tournaments. So that's a <laughs> lot of kids to fill up that stadium. Yeah, no, it's uh, we have a we have a good thing going right now. We're we're happy with it. You know, um, we have eight teams, one per age group. Uh, we don't go to to any B teams or anything like that. So, you know, it's still staying like a family atmosphere with my bro- my both of my brothers coaching, my dad coaching, um, some local guys coaching Tyler, Tyler White, who you might know, uh, Kilpatrick, Tate Zoko. So a lot of guys that I played with are able to coach. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. I'm I'm really lucky that I'm able to do it. Yeah, I think I I think that you know if the Redwoods are able to make it into that game, I think that that I mean I feel like you, you guys will be there anyway. Um, yeah, but, but you know I feel like that'll be a, a big that'd, time atmosphere. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And uh, you know I've I've I didn't make a Final Four in college, unfortunately. Um, didn't didn't make a championship in the MOL or anything. Didn't didn't win a championship in high school. So uh, that's that's one thing I'm really trying to cap my career off with is is to get to get a championship and be pretty cool to get the that first PLL crown so it's obviously only the first game with the Redwoods but um you know we have a hungry group and so you know a lot of times that's what it comes down to is who wants to win the game more and so hopefully you know hopefully we'll have a good season so but uh got to take it game by game there you go that's that that's some that's some solid media talk right there (laughs) You've been coached up on that. Um, hey, yeah. so I, I I know you're a busy guy. You, you probably got to travel up to New York soon for this week two game. Uh, so last question I have for you, it's, it's going to be one that I'm, I'm asking a lot of guys, but you know, I yeah. just need to know because you know all you guys are traveling around city to city with each other all summer long. Um, you know, and obviously once you know while the games are being played, sure you guys hate each other, but then after the games, you know everyone can kind of cool off, maybe grab a, a quick cold one. So I got to know. If you're heading out on the town, so I mean New York this weekend, who are who are your top three guys that you're bringing out with you after the game? Oh, that is a good question. Redwoods guys or non Redwoods guys? It could be it could be whoever you want. It depends on uh you know how, how many times you want the ball passed to you this weekend. I guess. <laughs> um. So that's tough. I, I'm I'm really starting to you know connect with my Redwoods teammates, but I wasn't uh. I never played with any of these guys before, so I'm still getting to know a lot of them. So I'll just keep it outside of Redwoods because I would have to stay stay loyal to my teammates if that was uh, if that was the case. But uh, outside of the Redwoods, I'd probably go uh, uh, Mark McNeil, my boy from UNC. Um, he would definitely be getting the call. Um, Jordan Wolf, even though I'm a little mad at him right now because he uh, – told me he requested me as a roommate for this Maverick photo shoot we did last week because Ned Karate wasn't available. Mm. So I, you know, I was obviously his second choice. And so he tried to back out of that one, but had no, no, uh, no way of getting out of that. And then uh, trying to think what other UNC guys, I mean, there's Marcus Holman, there's David Gamble, there's, there's uh, Steve, Stephen Kelly, Evan Connell. So hard to pick out of the, that UNC group. Would uh, you now not, not a PLL guy. But would you add Austin Cout into that mix? In my top three, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Last time I was with him, he he ate mustard out of a, out of a bottle or something like that, and so I don't know. He he might not get the top three because of that. That's, um, a, that's a tough look. Yeah, I'd probably go uh, Blaze Reardon, kind of a, a dark horse there. I'd give him the call. I, I I like I like hanging out with my Canadian buddies. Yeah, plus uh plus Blazer will, will you know throw something on the grill when, once you guys get home late night. Oh yeah, 
Jeff Blaze. Uh, all right. Well, hey, everyone can uh, check out Joey Sankey and the Redwoods. You guys are playing against the Archers 4 p.m. on NBC SN. So national TV, not a big deal. Uh, so hey, go go get a you know go get another win here, and you know we'll we'll see you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks a lot. All right, and thanks again to Joey Sankey for hopping on the pod. Again, you guys can catch him Saturday, 4 p.m. on NBCSN as the Redwoods take on the Archers. Both of those teams are undefeated so far on the season, 1-0, not a big deal. Uh, but before we get to that game on Saturday, the first game of the weekend, we've got the 1-0 Whip Snakes taking on the 0-1 Chrome. That is Saturday, 1 p.m. on NBC Sports Gold. Again, NBC Sports Gold is full free this weekend, free 99. So uh, you can check that one out. I mean, you probably have to like sign up for a trial run. Um, that takes about 34 seconds, maybe like 37 seconds if you're like a little slow technologically. Um, but yeah, so the Whip Snakes versus the Chrome. Um, you know, I think this has a chance to be a, a pretty, uh, pretty chippy game just because for a lot of these guys, when they were playing, uh, you know, whip snakes, obviously they, uh, are, are pretty loaded with Maryland talent and the Chrome pretty loaded with Duke talent. I feel like a lot of the guys on the whip snakes, they were probably still around when, uh, Maryland was in the ACC. So this is, you know, Maryland versus Duke two teams that hate each other. Um, so I feel like there's, there's probably a lot of old blood that, that could get uh, renewed here. So, um, you know, with, I feel like as long as the Chrome, if the Chrome show up again, wearing pink socks, that's, that's going to be an issue. Yeah. Um, yep. so I, I feel like that's, that's what this one comes down to. Yeah. I mean, the whip snakes, you know, they've got these guys who can absolutely just let the rock fly, you know, Connor Kelly, Mike Chanachuk, um, Drew Snyder, uh, Drew Snyder with the you know the game winning dub. Um, I think like uh, I think like he's shooting like sixty two percent or something like that. Uh, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. I think you know partially. Um, you know my, my initial thought in some of these games is you know these volume shooters. We're we're seeing forty to fifty shots from either team a game. Sometimes more than that. Um, it's almost like whoever shoots the ball more scores more goals, um, which would be crazy analysis. You heard it here first. Um, I think that's a good game. Um, I, I'm more excited for the Redwoods archers game. Um, I think that one's going to be wild. Uh, I think we could see an overtime game in that one. Um, you know, the Redwoods defense is, is really strong, but the archers offense is also equally strong. Um, yeah. I feel like in, in terms of like, so, yeah, whip snakes chrome like that's going to be your like high scoring yeah. plenty plenty of like highlights going on there um you know i feel like a, a look at a guy like ryan drenner uh you know someone who could easily snap off like i, I feel like he's going to be a guy who's going to be pretty like under the radar this season and then like toward the end of the year it's going to be like holy fuck like how's this guy like top five in, in scoring. So I, I would like to see a big game out of him. Um, then, you know, obviously you got Gutterding and, and Jordan Wolf doing their thing with the crop. So that's going to be, uh, you know, big time goal scorers delight going on there, but I'm, I'm right there with you in that Redwoods archers. Like that's, that's going to be the matchup where we're going to see like, which, 
which way you're going to win in the PLL. Like, are you, are you going to win by just outscoring teams, um, you know, and just keeping that pace of play going and just outlasting guys like that? Um, or is, is defense going to be, you know, kind of, kind of the way to go here. So I think personally, I, I know, I know we're a huge Redwoods podcast. Um, number one, Redwoods boys right here, number one and number two. Um, I am though a little bit nervous that that defense it like the, the whole cliche defense wins championships just cause you know, that's not what I'm about. Um, so I'm, I'm nervous about the Redwoods kind of just that defense just kind of swallowing this game up um, because I, you know, I would love to see as many highlights as possible, but I, I do think that, you know, this, this defense and especially, you know, the way that Tim Troutner played last week, um, you know, just fresh off of graduation from high point. I think that he's, he's seeing that yellow ish ball super well. So I, I think, you know, the archers, they got guys who can absolutely sling it. Um, but Tim Troutner just looking like, like if, like he belongs there. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to see like anything below like a 11, 10 game. Um, you know, if we see single digits, that's, that's going to be tough for me to swallow, but I do think that that'll be an absolute battle. Uh, definitely, you know, Troutner will have to show up the same way he did the week before. Um, you know, and this will kind of be telling for him, you know, to, you know, for first time, that was his first professional game. Um, if he's, you know, the, you know, the real quote unquote, the, the real deal. Um, I mean, he's gonna be surrounded by, you know, all the Notre Dame veterans, um, you know, but they're going to be going up against, um, some guys who can absolutely ball. So, I mean, it's, you know, you got Will Manny, you got Marcus Holman, you got Kevin Rice, like that's three solid players against, you know, um, uh, Matt Landis and John Sexton. Um, so, you know, you know what I want to see in this game? I, I want to see Johnny Sexton come down in transition and stick one. Cause he's a guy who can do it. We, I don't know how many, did, did we see how many pole goals did we see this past weekend? I don't, we had to, uh, there was one, but it was called back. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we saw one. I'd love to see, uh, I'd love to see somebody pull up in it for, for a two ball. We, wait a second. Have we seen a two ball yet? We've seen it. Yeah. We've seen it. We've seen the okay. two ball. Um, we actually, the, the first one of, uh, well, potentially the first one, it might've been Marcus Holman. I forget exactly who it was, but had stepped on the line. Right. Um, so that first one ended up being, being just a, you know, one goal. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would love to see John Sexton come down, especially with the traditional pocket, um, and, and just kind of let that one fly. So that would be some, if it's a defensive battle and it's kind of like a lower scoring game, I would still like to see some excitement out of that Redwoods defense in the transition game. Yeah. I'd love to see him just absolutely step in and crush one. Um, and then the third game is Atlas and chaos. Yep. So Atlas, they're, they're a big time Sunday team, uh, taking on the chaos. So both of those teams, they dropped their season opener. Uh, so one of them, We'll come out of this weekend with their first win. So that'll be Sunday, 2 p.m. That'll be on NBC. No, no extra letters added to the end of that. No extra words added to the end of that. That'll be on NBC. Uh, so the chaos and the Atlas. I, I think that uh, you know, the, the Atlas, 
I don't think that they I'm trying to think of, of, of what I'm trying. I feel like they left a lot on the table last Sunday. Like I feel like we, we haven't seen and it, which makes sense. Cause it's the first game of the season. Um, you know, these guys had a week of training camp, but that's basically it. So they're like brand new teams. They haven't played a ton together. Um, you know, they have a few guys like Ryan Conrad who like just showed up. Um, I feel like once they get going, like obviously once any of these teams get going, cause they're all filled with like ridiculous players. But I feel like once the Atlas gets going, um, you know, with guys like, like Ryan Brown, just once his shot gets dialed in, that's when we're going to see scores start to just blow up. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that you're right. I think that, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, an entirely different team could show up than the one that showed up against the Redwoods in the first, uh, in the first game. Um, I mean, obviously, you've got uh, generational Hopkins players on the Atlas team. Um, so, you know, it's kind of getting used to everybody's style of play and things like that. But once these guys get comfortable, you're right. Like Ryan Brown, Ryan Brown can shoot. I'd love to see Ryan Brown throw down a two ball because he absolutely can do it. Um, you know, and, and it's also I mean, we also saw Miles um, Jones putting on a show. Uh, I mean, the, those those chaos guys are absolutely filthy uh but you know it, it's good i mean we may see six different teams than had showed up last week you know the the dynamic changes week to week like you know maybe you know somebody didn't want to play ps4 with somebody else and now they've got beef and you know they're on a different attack line now you know so like there's there's all sorts of shit that that, that goes on um but i, I mean yeah, I'd love to. See, I'd love to see a little. Uh, a, a, I'd love to see another game where the guys, where the boys are going at it. I'd love that because there's a ton of passion. I'd love to see Kieran McCardle just get in somebody's face again, maybe grab a face mask or two. I love that shit. I, I think that you know that's what I really want to see is some intense play. Well, so this game right here probably has the so th- this matchup between Atlas and Cat like probably has the most amount of guys who also play. Uh, the box game. So, you know, at, at attack for the Atlas, like you got guys, I mean, Kieran McCardle has been playing the last few years up in Toronto. You got Joel Tinney, uh, Chris Cluche, which by the way, hopefully the, uh, the broadcast, not, not Cloutier. Um, I, I think that that's something that, that we'll have to just, uh, put, put one in the ear hole there of who is it? Brendan Burke and then Ryan Boyle. So Cluche, um, but between Cluche, Kieran McCardle, uh, you know, Joel Tenney, then he also got Trevor Baptiste, Hartzell plays in the NLL, and then the Chaos, it, obviously a, a fuck ton of guys on the Chaos that play NLL. So if you want to see a game get get super greasy and things start to get, you know, a lot, lot of chippiness involved there, this, is, this game, again, is going to be a big-time battle. I mean, we basically got Team Canada. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, it's Team Canada in here. Um, I, I think Chris Cloutier was actually got snubbed from last year's Team Canada roster. I don't think he was actually on it, um, unfortunately. Uh, he was doing some nutty things last weekend, so I'd love to see him get out there and do it again. Um, but you're right. Like, like some, we got uh, Tyson Bell, Josh Byrne, Curtis Dixon, Brody Merrill all on Team Canada. So it's basically like at the Americans, this is like Team USA versus Team Canada almost. If you really think about it, so besides, yeah. Besides, like uh, you know, Tinny and and, and Cluche kind of sneaking their way on there into the Atlas. Um, do you do you think the do you think the chaos or the chaos Canadians are, are mad about it? 
Well, they didn't even make Tenny and Tenny and Cloutier didn't make the Canadian squad, so they're not right. really team Team Canada. They're like Team USA by default. So also Tenny Tenny's there because of the the Hopkins connect. Um, True, but I don't know. I think that this I, I would love if the Atlas ends up being the team that just gets in a fight with everybody, um, just because like I, I think at the beginning of like when when the PLL when when these teams like first got put out there. I feel like a lot of people might have looked at this Atlas roster, um, you know, and you would see Paul Rabel and you would see Trevor Baptiste. Like you would see these like big lacrosse names who like you're used to seeing these guys like just like smiling all the time and and doing all this stuff for, you know, social media and everything like that. Um, You know, maybe people would have looked at that and been like, oh, like, you know, this is like everyone's going to take it soft on this team, like with Paul being a co-founder and shit like that. Um, I would love if they just flip the script here and this team full of like a ton of Hopkins guys just ends up. And you know what, though, because we've talked about this before, like with Hopkins over the last few years, like Hopkins is always scrapping. Like you don't expect it out of out of that team. I don't know. For some reason, like I guess for some reason in my head, I'm always thinking like, oh yeah, you know, Hopkins, like, like they they're just skill guys. They, you know, and shit like that. But these guys are always scrapping. So if the Atlas just like flip the script and they're the team that ends up being the guys that are always getting into some some extracurriculars. I think that I'll, I'll I'll end up loving that, especially because you know you'll get a ton of people watching their games like for Paul Rabel, and then you're watching it and you're thinking, oh, like you know, here comes skill, and then boom, it's like Kieran McCardle grabbing face mask, uh, Baptiste just throwing his ass into somebody. So that that could be, I think that that'd be a, a really good uh, trend to start seeing. Should they bring fighting to the PLL? Big I, question. I would say yeah. Um, Absolutely. I mean, it's not maybe maybe not in the way that it that it you know in hockey it's it's considered to be part of the game, you know in 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 lacrosse and box lacrosse considered to be part of the game. It's not technically illegal, but frowned upon, right? It's like masturbating on an airplane. Yeah, it's who doesn't do it? <laughs> so I mean, do they bring, do they bring fighting to the PLL? I think what they should bring to the PLL is chain snatching, um, because oh yes, oh yes, chaos. Chaos okay. is it? They're a huge chain gang. So okay, so get, get, okay. Um, is this is it? This might be a cultural thing. Um, does everybody in the fucking Northeast play with a very thin chain? Like, is that just a that feels like a very Yankee thing to me? Because that just doesn't happen down here. Well, so but like Jake Forcaro's isn't necessary. So like Miles Jones has like that that thin gold chain. Of course, though. right. Jake Forcaro though, his is he's got some some depth to that chain like there's there's some girth going on there he's got like um, cuban links like the big cuban link chain that he's he's wearing yeah like, that seems dangerous yeah like it, i i feel like you definitely know it's there like while you're wearing it so um i don't know i'm not a big not a big chain guy i, I don't know uh if i, I, if I can pull it. that off but i would i would venture to say that there are a lot more chain guys in the northeast than there are in atlanta i would say i mean there's a lot more you know my italian brothers i understand but Wait, there's there's a limit, you know. You, I, I, know, I know you guys are using olive oil instead of lotion, but I mean, come on, there's a limit. But yeah, so if you're not going to bring fighting to the PLL, the least you can do is just introduce chain snatching to the Fair. game. Um, but yeah, so my picks for this one, uh, you know, this weekend, well, I think I think the Chrome get it going. I I don't, I don't see them losing 
I don't see many of these teams losing two games in a week. I guess one of them will have to with chaos and Atlas, but I'll, uh, I'll go Chrome over whip snakes. Um, got it. Got to ride with our boys, Redwoods, especially cause we've been talking them up so much, especially with Joey coming on the podcast this week. So Redwoods going to two and zero, and then, uh, I, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe chaos will just get too many chains snatched. So I'll, I'll go with the Atlas in that one. So Chrome Redwoods and Atlas for myself, who you got? That was literally what I was going to choose. Actually, I will take um, I will take whip snakes, um, and then I will align myself with your picks with chaos and um, redwoods. All right. Uh, hey, before we close this one out, we've got some. Uh, so for anyone who wants to make a little bit of extra coin this weekend, so like you're watching the games for free, and now you can you know get yourself a bookie, tell them that these lines are legit. Because so you're not spending money on the on the streams for this weekend, and you can make money on some of these lines. Like we're all getting rich, we can all quit our jobs, we can all retire. So these gambling lines for week two of the PLL season come to us courtesy of the great folks over at Inside Lacrosse. So uh, the the first line of the weekend. So will a week two game go to overtime? So a few options here. So no overtimes at all. Uh, all three games being done in regulation. That is at minus one thirty-five. Uh, at least one overtime. So it could be one, two, three. Uh, you're gonna get those odds at plus one ten. Exactly one overtime game. Uh, those odds are at plus one fifty-five, and then two or more. So we I, we saw two last week. So if we could see two or three again this week, uh, that's where you're gonna make. A ton of coin at plus nine fifty. Uh, so do you got a you got a wager on this one? Yeah, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I've never bet on a sports game in my entire life. I don't even understand what half of it means. So uh, I'm going to just talk in layman's terms. Um, let's see, is a game going to go to overtime? I'd say there's a very high likelihood that games are going to overtime. I would say one out of three this time. Maybe not. Maybe not more than that. Um, that again. Not a big sports gambling guy. I'm not one of those, you know, guys who's betting my, you know, college, you know, a kid's college fund on, you know, the Albanian, you know, handball team. That's not my thing. Oh, but they're um, on a tear lately. That's right. But they're on a tear lately. You know, I lined up a big, a big parlay for this weekend. Uh, so I'm, I'm not, I'll entertain it. I don't no no disrespect to the guy, the guys out there. You know, taking a bunch of Adderall and thinking that you can beat Las Vegas. Like, I don't have any disrespect towards that, but like, what, what, what does any of it mean? My favorite thing about gambling is, uh, so you, you always lose, which like that's so, so you always lose, but then like you're sitting there after a loss and you're like, ah, why the fuck did I do that? Like, I didn't even want to put that bet in on the first place. Like, I'm, I should have just like, I could have held on to that one or, or whatever. Um, and then like, as you're sitting there in your misery, like you'll, you'll get a text from your buddy who, you know, you're, you've been gambling with and he ends up, he, he gives you a, a hot tip on the next game. And right away you're like, fuck yeah, I'm on it. I'm going to dig myself out of this hole. All I have to do now is just like, if I just bet double on what I just lost, like I'll make all that up and then you lose that one again. Um, which I think is like a really just, 
a, a fun way to live your life. Uh, but yeah, I think that the smart money there would be on exactly one overtime plus 155. You're getting a decent amount back. Um, I, I don't think, I, th I think two in the first week was, was probably, uh, I mean, all these games are going to be close just because all these teams are so just like all the rosters are so evenly matched. Um, but I, I feel like if we see four overtimes in two weekends, like that's, that that's a lot. So yeah, I, I like exactly one at plus one fifty five. So we're there. Um, then the second question posed by the good people over at Inside Lacrosse: How many two bombs will we see in week two? So there are a few numbers here, few uh, you know, few lines here for the over under. Uh, so over under at five and a half. Um, so those are even odds on on both sides. So at minus one ten on the over or the under. Um, so then. You know, I, I would say, well, let's let's just go through here because the way that they have this set up, there's there's a few different ways we could do it. So five and a half is the first line. Uh, three and a half is the second. You can go over three and a half or minus four fifty. So obviously, we're expecting a, a few more two bombs than that. Um, and then the uh, under three and a half. So you know, if no one's sticking it from range, you can get that at plus three sixty. And then the over under of seven and a half two bombs. You can take the over for plus 500 if you think it's going to be two ball city this weekend in New York City. Uh, that is at plus 500 and the under for that at minus 650. So you minus don't don't even do that. So, um, you know, ha, ha, we, we've been talking about it a little bit here, but do you think the boys are going to let these ones fly from range? I think they will. I just I don't see. Hmm. What's the surface this weekend? Is it grass? Uh, I'll tell you what. I haven't watched too many uh, New York Red Bulls games so far this season. Um, so I, I don't quite know. I have to imagine it's – I would imagine that it's grass. Okay. Okay. I, um, I mean, that that's important. You know, there's not going to be, you know, the ability to skid as, as well, you know, it, you know the bounce might be a little better on turf, but like that ball's gonna that ball's gonna die in the grass. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking four, I'm thinking four or under for me is what I is what I would take. Okay, I know that was uh, so over three three over three and a half. Yeah, I would I probably make, yeah you probably you would get more back at that point if you did the under at five and a half. Um, so yeah, that, that that's it's a lot to work. Like my mind's in doing some like backflips right now. Yeah, my brain is so out. small. Um, but you know what though, I I just feel like like being or like again, it's it's not technically New York City, but like Newark is like close enough to like pretty where much like everybody. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, everything to you is New York City. Um, yes. but so it like everyone's just like in like such a rush and a panic to just fucking move because there are so many goddamn people all crammed into this one little fucking island um so like everyone's pissed off everyone's like move 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 there are too many fucking people here for you to not be moving which i think like that energy will then make its way into red bull stadium i'm gonna go crazy on this one i think that we're gonna see a, a few two bombs in each game and i'm gonna go 
I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to go over seven and a half. I think, uh, you know, I think that there are a lot of guys last week who probably wanted to step up and, and stick a two ball, but you know, it was the first week of the season. They kind of wanted to be a little bit more reserved, just kind of get a feel for the way that the games are going. I think that now the guys are going to be a little bit more used to it. They're going to feel a little bit more comfortable out there, especially with their teammates. I think some guys are going to have the green light to just let them fly. So I'm going to go over seven and a half. Oh, that seems bold, but I mean, you're right. I think like, you know, you, Listen, know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be that, you don't want to be that guy who was out there, you know, like trying to shoot up two shoot two balls and then get yelled at like, fuck, why would you do that, dude? Like when, you know, when they're, when they're down in Atlanta, I'll go, I'll take the under three and a half just because, although you know what though, it's going to be like so hot and in, in hot Atlanta that they probably won't want to run all the way to the goal. So they'll probably just want to get their shots off at 15 yards out, but a little bit you know, slower pace of living. So, you know, maybe not so much in a rush to just get those shots off in transition. So, um, yeah, I, I do like what Ryan Brown was saying in the broadcast last week where it's like, dude, like if you have a chance to just step in in transition, aim for a corner, like within like the first, like, you know, 10 seconds of a shot clock, aim for a corner. If you stick it, boom, that's, you know, two points on the board right there. Or if you miss, it's a possession shot, stops the clock. Then you have a shit ton of shot clock to still work with. Um, so I think that, that that'll probably be a strategy that we see a few teams go with. So I would love to see the boys push it in transition, let them fly. Let's go crazy over seven and a half. All right, it'll make for good TV if you're right. Yep. Well, uh, so, hey, that is week two of the Premier Lacrosse League season. Uh, so, again, those games, Saturday, 1 p.m., we've got the Whip Snakes and the Chrome on NBC Sports Gold. Saturday at 4 p.m., we've got Redwoods and Archers on NBCSN. And the Sunday game at 2 p.m. on NBC Chaos Atlas. Uh, so it's going to be Another busy weekend for everyone. Um, if you're going to be at the games, uh, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram or MySpace. Uh, I'll, I'll be running around in Newark just trying not to get hit by fucking taxis. And uh, it'll be a great weekend, but it'll be a better weekend if you keep it low to high to the day we die. We out. <laughs> Coming, I know you thirsty. 
Harlem's my birthplace. Tombstone, dirt place. Doomsday, goons day. Tuesday to Thursday. Jewel's dip, dip. Santana set, set. Woody grip, grip. Nigga, tech, text. Who you went with? Throw up your set. Dip, set. Dip, set. Dip, set. What? Yeah. Jewel's dip, dip. Santana set, set. Woody grip, grip. 